Hello guys, welcome back to Being Effing For Real. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is episode 10. Um, don't quote me though. If it's not, oh well. Um, today we have exciting stuff in store for you. I finally got around to watching Guardians of the Galaxy. So we can discuss that. We're going to discuss that today. Also, Kiki Palmer got her lick back, so we're going to discuss that. Um, and if we can fit it into this episode, we're going to be discussing Aquaman. Um, yeah, you got something to say, friend? <laughs> no, I'm just... I, when you said Aquaman, I was just thinking about how Black Twitter was like in a whole frenzy with the Montgomery <laughs> Brawl memes. I still got so many of them saved. Like, the week that that happened... Like, whenever I would open my TikTok, my Instagram, like, it was either Aquaman or the chairs, like, nothing in the middle. Yeah. All right, so we can kick off this episode by talking about uh, what we've watched recently. So, friend, mm-hmm. you watched any shows or movies recently? Um, I'm thinking, actually. I- I've kind of been a little bit on a break lately, to be honest, so I can't think of any at the moment. And we could come back to that for me. If you have any on your side, maybe you gave me some ideas. Well, I finally got out of my no TV era. Um, <laughs> I'm back. I'm watching stuff. I finally got around to finishing The Vampire Diaries. Um, hold on. Let me tell you guys how long it took me to finish. I'm going to pull it up. So I have a list of everything that I binge. Whenever I started, I write the date. Whenever I ended, I write the date. So let's open up my TV binge Ooh, folder. Scroll to the bottom. All right, so I started Vampire Diaries November 16th of 2022, and I finished it uh, August 6th of 2023. Now, and then I started the originals on December 1st, 2022, and I finished it August 14th, 2023. Now, and I know you're thinking, why? It's not that long. Well, that's because about, so in Vampire Diaries, about halfway through season eight, like, like no, it was halfway through season seven, and at the beginning of season eight, I lost all my will to finish the show. Like, it started to piss me off real, real, real bad. Um, but then I came back, and I got to the point where it was almost time for, uh, spoiler alert, obviously, it was almost time for Enzo to die. So I, I stopped watching it because I was scared. I didn't want to see it. But then I finally got to that point, and I'm just even more mad. Like, oh, they did my girl Bonnie so dirty and for absolutely no reason. There was no reason she had to go through all that. And then with the originals, I left off on season two, and I also lost my will to finish it, but I finished it. Um, and it was, it was I, I had fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think Elijah should have ended off like that because, like, his whole thing was, like, oh, my whole goal for you was to, like, your redemption. It's like, bro get a life <laughs> like get a hobby get go do something like you have a whole woman uh and then what's her name Antoinette oh I love Antoinette she was so cute and their whole relationship with friends was adorable like go marry Antoinette I don't know go do something you don't have to die just because your brother's dying like oh one of your copycats so bad like get a hobby go knit do something he didn't have to die and that was pointless and then I started Legacies um, on the 14th. It's the 17th, mind you. 
Man, when I tell you I finished season one in a day, <laughs> I finished a season in a day. I started, so I started Legacies on the 14th, and I finished season one on the sixth, on the 15th. Um, and not because it was good, because I had nothing else to watch. Um, it's not bad, though. It's fun. It's cute. It's a little cringy. Mm. at sometimes it's very cringy at sometimes um but yeah and so for each season i'm gonna be ranking each character so like i did my rank for season one you know like on the tier maker thing mm. yeah i ranked them all uh, some, some people agree with my ranking some people didn't some of their faves were in low places but it's like uh i didn't like your fave sorry maybe I'm they get like better that. Maybe they get better because it's only season one, so maybe they get better later mm-hmm. on. Um, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. There's usually that one hateable character that becomes everybody's favorite. Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's 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 what it looks like right now. Cause uh everybody loves Lizzie. Um, right now I don't like Lizzie. She's really annoying and like mean. Like I don't like her. She's really annoying and selfish and mean, and I don't like that. Um, I like Josie, her twin better, but a lot of people don't like Josie and I don't know why yet. So I've only seen, I just started season two to, um, I think I started last night. I started last night. Um, I finished episode one last night and I finished episode two this morning. Um, it's good so far. I'll definitely be finishing Mm. the show just so I can wrap off my, uh, my TBDU uh watching because that was like the whole goal to like finish it and like make a video about it so we'll see if i do that and of course um i don't know if i talked about this already i watched barbie along with everybody else a few weeks ago well we texted about it but we definitely didn't talk about it on here you could you could talk about it i don't think you spoiled it for me because i didn't see it yet folks no i'm not gonna talk about i'm not i'm gonna spoil it for you i'm just gonna say i saw the movie um, I love the movie. I think I gave it four and a half stars on Letterboxd. Uh, it was really good. And then you, friends, saw Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. I did see it. Oppenheimer. How did I forget to mention that? Yeah. So we completed the Barbieheimer trilogy <laughs> uh, mission separately. You know, you did Oppenheimer. I did Barbie. So it it worked. It works out in the end. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the thing I watched recently. And then to segue into a topic today, I also watched Gardens of the Galaxy last night with my dad. Mm. Um, I get, hold on, because it's not there. I gave it, um, I gave it three and a half stars, I think. Hold on, let me try to find it. Yeah, I gave it three and a half stars. It was cute. I th- um, so, I don't know if I ever mentioned it on here, but I recently saw the new Transformers movie, Rise of the Beast, on Paramount+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it, honestly. I honestly haven't enjoyed a Transformers movie in quite a while, so that says a lot for me. You I would know say... I like the Transformers franchise. So I, I yeah. if, if I were to give it a rate on Letterboxd, four out of five, 
And if we're talking on the scale of one to ten, like an eight or an eight and a half. Like I feel like I think like this like um the story was solid. Um the human now, as far as the human characters, I enjoyed Dominique Fishback. I enjoyed anything she's in, to be honest. Um, she's always fun to watch. Anthony Ramos, on the other hand, I didn't hate his character. I didn't love his character. He just felt kind of there for me. Mm. I'll admit he had a very empathic backstory. because You saw the movie, right, Spen? Nope. I'm not oh, going yeah, to see it, so you can spoil it. Okay. So he has a storyline where his character that he was dishonorably discharged from the military, which I don't exactly remember why, to be honest. But, you know, he just comes home to his neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York City, living with his mom and his younger brother. They're struggling to meet rent. And his brother, on top of all things, he has some sort of, I'm not exactly sure what his disease was called, but he had some sort of um, rare form of, what's it called? Um, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but he had some sort of cerebral palsy where like that there were like bad blood cells like in his right arm or something like that. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, that was sad. And yeah, but I feel like when it comes to Anthony Ramos acting within itself, when you take away, like, you know, the empathic storyline, he just wasn't doing it for me personally. Mm. Well, that's not surprising. And I, and I don't know what it is. Like, is it me, friend, or he's really forcing that New York accent? <laughs> like, as he's talking throughout the movie, he sounds like one of those like italians like in one of the like any of those italian mafias like goodfellas or whatever just like forcing that accent mm. but maybe, he lived in new york. maybe he lived in new york but he was like three and then moved away he's like yeah i'm from new york that's what it was giving like he's trying to hold on to new york so bad but he probably grew up there until he was like five mm-hmm. yeah i don't know I didn't see it. I've only seen him in one thing, I think, and he wasn't the best actor there either. So, that's not surprising. Yeah, and I know he's supposed to be in the MCU soon. He's going to be the main villain in Ironheart, which... uh... In what? Ironheart, remember um, the one black girl genius girl from Wakanda forever that she built the Iron Man suit from MIT. She's getting on oh. Disney Plus on Anthony Ramos is going to be the villain. Is it like a live action? Yeah, it's going to be a, a follow-up to Wakanda forever. Oh. Oh, oh okay. I know what you're talking about. I didn't know that. I forgot the title of it. Um, okay. Why Reed, Reed Williams. That's the character's name. Why him? I feel like they only got him, to be honest, like just because he's from Brooklyn I feel like the That's only reason silly. they got him is because I heard that they were filming a lot in Brooklyn and like, you know, he's from Brooklyn. He's like, I'm just like, there are okay. other actors from Brooklyn. I don't know. There are lots right. of other actors from Brooklyn. Hmm, I don't like that. Um, but so... yeah, other than that, like, I thought like um, the CGI, like it looked a little cartoonish at times, but it was nothing that was horrendously terrible. You know what I mean? Um, 
action was in it. If it's something I will give to the movie that I really liked, I was really turned up by the soundtrack, all the 90s hip-hop. I was like, who made this soundtrack? I need a raise. Ooh. Like, I got, like, really hyped when Bumblebee jumped out of the cargo plane. Then, uh, oh, cool, J. Shark was like, don't go to come back. I've been here for years. <laughs> Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Yes. So to segue from the amazing soundtrack of Transformers, I mean, allegedly, I haven't seen the movie myself. No offense, Fred. <laughs> Um, we can discuss the 50 years of hip hop. Woo! It's okay. crazy, friend, because you would think that hip hop has been around for longer than 50 years because it's like the most influential like music genre out there. But reality is like it only really made its way like to the mainstream um, going into the early 80s and like. I would say, like, it made its birth, like, during the early to mid-70s. Like, it's kind of debated, like, when hip-hop, like, was definitively created. But, like, it didn't really, like, start trending like that until, um, you know, the three godfathers of hip-hop, um, African Bambada, DJ Cool Herc, and Grandmaster Flash. Because for those who don't know the history of hip-hop, um, we definitively regard its origin, um from the house parties that well not even house parties they would have parties in basements in the projects of the bronx Mm -hmm. because you know that was a really rough time for the bronx i know that there was a lot of like apartment complexes destroyed and like you know people were just seeking an escape from all the poverty and just wanted to like let loose and then that's when they would just you know make I don't want to call it hip hop because it wasn't hip hop yet. They were really just more remixing sounds because hip it did it didn't have lyricism to it yet, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that history, friend. No, oh, I'm, I'm glad it's you new to you. me. Yeah. JD is teaching us all. <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess I might as well keep going, but um. I would so I think it was like the really like late 70s going into the early 80s that like hip hop like actually became more on the storytelling side. I don't exactly remember what's the exact name of the song. But I remember it was like one African Bambada song. I think it was called like the Rapper's Delight or something like that. And if you were to hear that song right now in 2023, you're going to be like, what the heck is he talking about? Because he's rapping about like so many like random things like it didn't really rhyme back then, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. like, as time went on, then that's when rap started, or hip-hop started to become more poetry, you know? And then, you know, by the time, like, you hit the mid-80s, then that's when you get artists like Public Enemy and NWA, and then hip-hop just kind of just really took off from there. And if you guys are listening are interested in the history of hip-hop, there's actually a really solid documentary on Netflix called hip-hop evolution which it breaks down the evolution of hip-hop you know per the title starting from the 70s to now and you know no documentary is perfect so you know if you feel like you want to learn more 
doing your own research. That's cool. And actually, it's funny that I just mentioned um, Netflix documentaries. I was just scrolling on Netflix, and I saw there's actually a new four-part documentary series that actually um, exclusively highlights um, the influence of Black women in hip-hop, which Hip-Hop Evolution does that too, but, like, I thought that it was cool that, like, you know, they gave their own series for the women, you know? Because I think it could be easy sometimes for the women to be outshunned by the men in the hip-hop industry. For sure. That sounds very interesting. I might just add it to the list. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, women are very influential in hip-hop. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know that... Um, what's her name? Um, I hope I'm saying her name right. Um, Roxanne Shanti, Shante, or something like that. That she was actually like one of the pioneers of like competitive hip hop. Like, you know, like I'm sure you've heard of Rap Battle Friend. She was like one of the first to do that. Yeah. Didn't they make a, a biopic about her? Yes, they did. Netflix did. But I actually still didn't watch it. <laughs> you just inspired me to add that to my list. Yeah, I saw some some parts of it because my mom watched it. I think I didn't watch the whole thing myself, but I saw mm-hmm. I definitely saw some parts of it. Um, it looked interesting though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, who are your favorite hip hop artists, friend? Oh my goodness, friend. Um, it's so funny when people ask me that because they usually ask me, do I prefer old hip hop or do I prefer newer hip hop? I feel if you're a true hip hop head, you just gotta appreciate all generations and all subcultures of hip hop, whether it's older, newer, East Coast, West Coast, the Dirty South, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, when it comes to like my favorite hip hop artists, it's definitely a mix in my top five. I love Lauren Hill, J Cole, um, who else? Who else really like? If we're talking like a little bit more older. A tribe called Quest or the Wu Tang Clan. Um, some of my other favorite um, um, hip hop artists that are women, Missy Elliott for sure. Um, oh, of course. Like, yeah, you gotta put her up there. Of course, of course, love her. That's, that's just that's just to name a few of them, friend. I could go on all day, but like, I, would you like to name some of yours, and I can maybe build off of you? Um, I have to I have to think, friend. Hold on. I think about like oh Tupac, of course, you know. Oh, you gotta put him up there. Um, hmm, let's see. You know, all of my people that I listen to often are newer artists. You know, mm-hmm. like um, the newer SoundCloud twenty seventeen people, like you know, um, Juice World, X, TK. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, Twenty One Savage. Twenty One is, is cool. Drake, is Drake more hip hop or R and B? You know, that's the funny thing about Drake. He just kind of falls somewhere in the middle. I think he, like, regardless of how you feel about Drake, I feel there's no denying that he has versatility. Like, I feel there's very few music artists that can actually pull off making hip hop and R and B. Like, aside Drake, the only other person that comes to mind is Lauren Hill. Mm, yeah, uh, Lil Wayne, um, Kendrick, J Cole, Ken- mm. more, more Kendrick, I think. I knew you were one friend. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do love J Cole though. 
Um, mm. Yeah, that's oh, Kid Cudi. Cudi is cool. That's what I could think of right now. It's like I love the Migos when I was in middle school. Rest in peace, some um, takeoff. Yeah, they were they were fun then. Uh, Tara the Creator. And I'm, actually, women, we... well, I'm more recently getting into Tyler. Um, he's he's definitely along my vibe. He, like he reminds me of artists like just some, like alternative artists like SZA and um what what's the name again? Um Brent Fias. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for women, women hip hop artists, Missy Elliott. Um, mm-hmm. hold on, <laughs> hold on. I have to pull up people's names. Oh, Tierra Wack. Love her. Wack. Um, Lauren. You listen to Little Sims? Huh? You listen to Little Sims? No. She's a little bit more reason, so it's okay if you haven't heard her. You said Lauren Hill and who? Uh, Lauren, Meg. Um... Mm-hmm. Oh, TLC. Oh, yeah, of course, TLC. Um... You know, I was, I remember that Lauren London posted that it was Nipsey Hussle's birthday like two days ago. He would have been 38 um, this year. So rest in peace, Nips. I, um, I was just listening to him when I was um, working out the other day in honor. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm just scrolling through my Spotify. I think a rapper that I've really been into lately. Have you ever heard of Joey Badass Friend? He's a Brooklyn rapper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got some. Cool, he's got a unique vibe to him. He's like, how best to put him? Hmm. He can be like. I don't know how to put it. It's like he kind of has this like '90s rappers East Coast feel to him. But he's also modern at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom was actually like, watching a uh, a documentary with him in it the other day. Oh, look him, look him. Of course, Biggie. Can't you gotta? How can you forget about Biggie? Um, this is now this group is really slept on but like i love this group because of my one uncle um i don't know if you've ever heard of gangstar i don't think so yeah so the group is a little slept on are they older or newer oh definitely older um what are they called gangstar gangstar yeah they were a hip-hop duo in the 90s it was two guys it was um guru which he passed away a while ago and i forgot the other guy's name hmm oh i've seen their faces mm-hmm I kind of have an on and off with Travis Scott. How, how often would you say you listen to Travis Friend? Um, if he comes up on shuffle, depending on the song, I'm not going to skip. 
but I don't like go out of my way to listen to him, and I don't listen to like his albums unless they come up. It, they were called Guru and DJ Premier. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, hip hop has been very influential, especially in black culture. Uh, mm-hmm. We love it. Um, and then, of course, you know, the people want to steal it from us and, you know, try to make their own versions. Sometimes yeah. it sounds okay. You know, uh, yeah, case in point, Eminem. Mm-hmm. One of the most famous rappers. Eminem, Jack Harlow, Billie Eilish. Don't even get me started. I wouldn't say Billie Eilish is in the hip hop category. Well, she still did appropriate. It's well, you're right. She wasn't. She's not considered a hip hop artist. I know she's like super alternative or whatever she considers herself. But earlier on, she definitely vultured on a lot of like stereotypical hip hop aesthetics. But now she wants to be a girly girl. Yeah, probably because I mean she said it was because she was a um she was a minor at the time, which didn't let you know flaunt her stuff or whatever mm-hmm. maybe she just wasn't comfortable you know doing that stuff in the limelight i mean she is she when she got in the start in the stardom when she was like 15 and now she's like 20 something so i can i can definitely understand the change mm-hmm. um i don't listen I to her though I, I stopped listening to her when the whole boondock situation came out and then i i like took all her stuff off my playlist i was like oof man you gotta fill me in i did not hear about this um, she said that her favorite character, she said her favorite show was Boondocks, I think. And she said her mm-hmm. favorite character was the girl with the uh the pigtails. What's her name? Um, the the light skin girl is Tom's daughter, right? Jasmine. Yeah, yeah. She said that was her favorite character, and everybody thought that was weird. And I was like, Oof. yeah. Yeah. Is, is, and she just weird. said weird stuff before and she does some weird stuff and like her family does some weird stuff so it's like oh i can't yeah i know her brother has a few allegations um yeah plus she was just dating that um that weirdo guy from um from the neighborhood mm-hmm. yeah i know the story um yeah i do listen to the neighborhood though so i don't know if that's you know um hypocritical i don't know mm-hmm. but i mean he's not the only person in the neighborhood so mm-hmm. it's a whole band so. i remember back in 2020 i think it was or maybe a little earlier than that, i don't remember exactly but i remember it was her and her brother either on a tiktok live or an instagram live and i remember that billy was really trying to force a black scent and her brother <laughs> literally just called her on so was like why are you talking like that you don't talk like that yeah, I don't know, but I, I can't stand, so I decided not to. Oh, yeah, and then down here in Atlanta, you know about you know the Beyonce tour? She was down mm-hmm. here, a couple, she was down here uh, for like three days, and um, apparently Atlanta won the Mute Challenge, so she like did a whole bunch of stuff for Atlanta. She did, mm-hmm. she did the Dubai uh, uh, rift down here. She was doing a whole bunch of extra stuff. For the Atlanteans. Um, you're lucky if you got to go. I didn't. I'm broke. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I, I've been I've been seeing everything on Twitter, you know, uh, going along with the trajectory of stuff. So, it, it's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so, next. Um, oh, you have something to say, friend? Oh, I did. Um, no. I was just going to 
build off of what you said before that, um, you know, that hip hop has created so many aesthetics that people try to steal that a lot of people credit Michael Jordan as the definitive star of the sneaker culture as we know today, like, you know, Air Jordans, which, yeah, that really bought sneaker culture to a new level, but he didn't start it, actually. It was actually the hip-hop group, Run DMC, that they literally made a song called My Adidas. That's what, like, kind of, like, that was the root. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's so, so, yeah, another cool fun fact. I didn't know that. You're teaching us so much, friend. <laughs> I got We got to do a like a thirty-minute episode of like fun facts with JD. Mm-hmm. And then we can do. And then we can do fun facts with TJ because I have fun facts too. All of my fun facts are morbid though. Your fun facts mm. are actually fun. My fun facts are scary. So, um, it's it's definitely gonna be two two different episodes because it's two different vibes completely. I definitely can't wait to hear this. Yeah, my fun facts are not fun. Hmm. They're 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 just interesting facts. They're not. So Would you say they're kind of like a little conspiracy theorist type? Uh, some conspiracy theorist type things. Some like facts, but like they're scary facts. Like, and more so like about the not the human body, human mind, true crime type of stuff, stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's scary. Uh, so yeah, we just have two different vibes in general, friend. But we we mm-hmm. match, so mm-hmm. it works. Here we are. In a pod, hey, who would have thunk it? Huh? Who would have thunk it? Right. Um. Some, you got something to say for him before I end off this topic? Um. Yeah, I do have one more thing to say. Like, I think it's so interesting how hip hop has evolved over years, like throughout the black community. Like, I think it's done a lot of good, but it's also done a lot of harm as well, because. You know, during, like, its early rise, like, you know, hip-hop, like today still, it was controversial because, you know, when hip-hop started to become more poetry-based, like, you know, and a lot of their rhymes that they would tell stories about a lot of injustices such as poverty and police brutality, like, you know, themes that are still relevant today, but, you know, like, when they were starting to, like, you know, write poetry about these things, of course, like, that was, like, a really like controversial thing at the time like coming right out of the civil rights movement like you know it's like the early 1970s and stuff so it was like the it was kind of a way to amplify like our voices but you know as hip-hop will become more mainstream it's you know it's so interesting to me because i saw an article the other day that meek mill he had actually admitted admit as many of the excuse me that Meek Mill had admitted that many of us have speculated for years that rappers are sometimes paid to say really ignorant things. And I can't say that I'm surprised because, like I said, yes, hip-hop has done some good for the community socially, but also at the same time, there's also a bit of a social downgrade that hip-hop has also done in the black community when you consider when gangster rap was introduced in the 80s with NWA and stuff that they had opened to doors of writing poetry about berating black women. They were anti-LGBT, colorist, almost every ism and ick in the book, which is... Homicidal. Yeah. And also just um, glorifying, um, how best to put it, like, you know, gang violence and drugs and 
etc you know and i think that's definitely what a lot of mainstream hip-hop is failing to break out of today i i just think that at some point it gets repetitive to hear the same thing over and over again you know yeah for sure that honestly reminds me of you know bringing it back to juice world um juice world said that he listened to future Mm-hmm. And he really looked up to Future, and so he wanted to sort of be like Future. Right. And he also started doing drugs and stuff. Not necessarily because of Future, but a, Future was definitely an influence in it. Yeah. And I think he, I think he said that on some type of platform. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a quote somewhere that was scrolled. It was uh, exploding around Twitter around the time that he died. And people like sort of blaming Future for his um for like his death because he died because of drugs, and like it's like people don't realize like the how much influence uh rap and rappers have over mm-hmm. uh, young men in particular, because mm-hmm. um, they're like a a figure to look up to to them like they're there's something to aspire to yeah. and be inspired by like you can, I, like i've i've met so many people who have told me like uh boys have told me that they wanted to be like rappers when mm. they got out there and started doing stuff and it's like oh first of all happy you won't do it happy you will get nowhere and the other half will probably get somewhere just like not in a good way and of course, you have to think like how many people have died because of hip hop, but also because of just listening to hip hop. Like I can tell you how many stories I've heard, of, like uh, somebody listening to a to listen to a hip hop song at a gas station, and like somebody would just come over and shoot them for it. And it's like, mm-hmm. for what? It's so weird. And it, it, yeah. became, it became another people. It became another people. And oh god, it became another thing for people mostly palm colored people um to hate us for um mm. he's like oh you got you over here with that loud noise that loud racket you know all mm. that all that you know stuff and then of course it became another thing for like uh for and encourage people to get into the gangs with the gang violence and the murders and homicides and of course like thinking of like take a you got take his whole thing he's just, he was only like 16 15 um running from the cops because he cut off his ankle mm-hmm. monitor mm-hmm. and it's like you know, oh sorry for me to finish you finish it's like why like mm-hmm. what are what are we encouraging exactly but then again you have to have parents who are actually present in a household telling kids to like not do that you know it all it all stems back to the parental figures because like i would never in my life just like go pick up a gun and be like oh let me go do this what mm-hmm. no like people and then it oh and then it just uh and this can be a, such a bigger topic it could we can we can leave this topic into you know the whole abortion issue and like uh financial like issues in the economy and stuff and it could, it could just stem to everything because it really looks back mm-hmm. to like where are you raising these children gentrification the ghettos where are you raising them at who like what type of partner would you choose to have a child with? Is your partner a gangbanger? You can't like. What do you expect for your baby? Mm-hmm. And then the whole like it just it is leading to a whole thing, and it can just trickle down everywhere. So yeah, friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to build off of you, I think what makes hip hop so how best to put it 
I think there's a beauty in how complicated its history is. Like I said, there's ups and there's downs. I feel as I got older, I truly got to appreciate like hip hop as a collective genre more. Because when you're listening to hip hop at a young age, you know, to your point, you don't really know too much better by then. Like you haven't like fully like matured yet. So you're just like kind of listening to whatever. It's kind of like when you sit in front of a TV when you're like five years old. You just want to be entertained. Like, you know what I mean? Like just watch the robots kill each other. You're not truly like paying attention to what does this story mean. So for example, based on my own personal experience, when I was in middle school, I think I was in the fifth grade when I had first discovered NWA because of the GTA 5 game that like whenever you would steal a car in the game, like you could play real life songs and NBA, I said NBA, I mean NWA was one of them. And like, you know, this is like, I'm just thinking to myself at that age that like, oh, th this sounds cool. Like, you know, Ice Cube, like is really like, you know, telling these people off. But like, you know, it's like, but I didn't really know what they were saying at the time. It was like, you know, at my age now that I know that like, you know, they were glorifying like a lot of really like controversial topics, like berating and beating on black women or gang violence. But I was like, hmm, okay, okay. So it's, I think, you know, as far as like the parental, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The parental advisory goes, like, I think it's definitely best that parents have like a talk with their children like before like they really like start listening to hip hop like that because if not I think it's just best that um I just what I'm really just trying to say is I just think that there comes with a certain maturity to truly appreciate this genre you know mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they do put parental advisory over all the Because especially when you're competing, because like I said, when you're listening to things like NWA and you're like 9, 10 years old and you're repeating and you don't know what you say, you're probably going to end up in some heated water. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, parents can definitely do better in that aspect. And it goes along to like, well... Some people shouldn't be bringing children to this world in the first place. Like, if you can't, like, monitor your kids and be there for your kids and take care of your mm -hmm. kids and, you know, don't have kids. To build off of you, I think it's so interesting because, you know, with artists like Megan Thee Stallion and Sexy Red now, like, getting so much hate for so-called sexualizing themselves, it just feels like such a weird double standard to me because you go back to the 90s, Lil' Kim did the same exact thing. That's not to say that Lil' Kim, like, you know, didn't receive hate for that. But it's, like, how are, like, some of these parents today going to say that, like, I grew up during, during a time when music was wholesome. And I'm just, like, looking at them like, no, you did not. Music was never wholesome. Let's start right. there. Let's, let's start there. Music was never wholesome. Right. Like, there's this old-timey song of this lady from, like, the 30s. This black woman talking about her crack and her and her, her poom poom. So, mm -hmm. let's not... <laughs> let's not lie now. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know where you grew up. I don't know if you was in the, if you was in the suburbs of Kansas, but um, mm -hmm. music has never been wholesome. Music has always had a sexual aspect to it. Right. I mean, we're humans. Mm -hmm. Everything we do is always going to have a sexual aspect to it. That's how life works. That's how mm. the world goes around. 
that's how we create more people that's how we get more workers and get more stuff you know mm. that's just that's just life then uh, i'm not religious but didn't god say go forth and mm-hmm. prosper procreate you know do all that stuff let's be serious now let's mm-hmm. be honest and the whole thing like socializing themselves okay and like it's right. their body it's like i feel what they fail to misunderstand is sexy red suki and megan the stallion they're not making this music for little girls so it's like going back to what you said friend if you truly have a problem of what their daughters are imitating that's on your part as a parent like why aren't you putting some sort of restrictions on youtube or spotify or whatever it is that they're obtaining like this mimicry of these music artists that they're idolizing and they're only doing it because they're women because like let's think about it is sex worse than drugs no let's talk about it because you will never really hear this i mean except maybe from palm colored people but like within the black community itself i don't ever hear people like you know like trying to downplay like male rappers for um you know brainwashing their sons like to do this and that or whatever or dress a certain way talk a certain way or whatever like we hear this topic about women sexualizing themselves every week almost every day we never we rarely if ever hear oh all these men are talking about drugs and hitting women and they're influencing my poor son we don't hear that like um um how best um which rapper was it again um I totally forgot for him, but it was back in 2021 that I remember there was this one rapper that he got his 12 year old son a stripper for his birthday. Oh, I know you're talking about. Oh, Which gosh. rapper was that again? Oh, gosh. I know his name. I know his name. Hold on. Uh, gosh, hold on. Let's, let's go. Let's consult our handy dandy friend, Google. Oh, Boozy. Boozy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he. We already know he's anti LGBTQ, and he's done he's, some other weird stuff with his children. So it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole mess. He's he's just a weird man. He's just mm-hmm. a really weird person. And like there was there was an uproar about that. There was there there was some controversy around. Oh yeah, it just, got bad, friend. Because even there was even a point where even some women were defending booze, and I'm just like, we are lost. What's the defense? What is there, there to defend? Well, going back to, you know, this whole quote-unquote, you know, black women and girls sexualizing themselves, it's so interesting to me because, you know, they will call that out all day, but when it comes to the hypersexualization of young black boys, there's never, there's never, like, a red alarm. It's typically a badge of honor if that makes sense yeah for girls it's always like oh you're being fast why are you walking like that why are you dressing like that why are you talking like that you can't wear certain colors this and that and that and this before a boy it's like oh you got a little girlfriend like what mm-hmm. you just spent all that time interrogating me and, and it's funny they say that then oh do you got a girlfriend but then years later on, they instill into their sons, like, um, 
you know, like to respect a woman's boundaries and whatnot. But by this time, you have already instilled into his head to chase after no matter what. Yeah. It's all about sense. policing women. It's about policing mm-hmm. women. It's about policing girls. So like anything mm-hmm. we do. Oh, friend, is- you know, what's an interesting topic that kind of overlaps with this. So from a black woman's perspective, I would love to hear your take on this. What do you think of the whole soft girl era thing that I've been seeing on social media quite lately? The soft girl era? I mean, mm-hmm. it's whatever. I don't really think anything of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be a soft girl. As mm-hmm. long as you're, as long, the thing is, you can be a soft girl. You can be in your soft girl era, but like, don't tear down the way another woman lives. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up because one of my other friends was talking about this. That these are her words and not mine because I haven't really kept up with the soft girl era like that. But she had brought up the point that she doesn't think that the concept is truly bad within itself, especially when you consider that, you know, that black woman's femininity is always being questioned away from them, that they deserve, like, to just feel laid back per se and just enjoy like you know little things in life going to the spa like going out just like you know treating their mental health but I seem to have noticed after like you know as soon as after my friend told me like what you just said that there are some black women out there that are using the soft girl era trend to (laughs) berate like how other women like might behave or live out their life that I remember there was this one soft black girl creator that was coming after women like sexy red and whatnot saying that it's a that it's a threat like to black womanhood or something like that and femininity which it's like you're a part of the problem you're reinforcing these stereotypes that you're trying to combat against like it reminds me of like those white women on youtube that will make videos that like sit properly like this or dress like this to impress a man and like you know what i mean like it's giving the same energy there's this asian woman on tiktok like a couple weeks ago who went viral on twitter because you talk about how classy women look or act Mm -hmm. and she was like classy women don't wear brown lip liner Plus, women don't do this. Women don't do that. I'm like brown lip liner. Who? Wait, who said that? Because that's my weakness. I'm gonna have to say something. <laughs> almost all the pictures she showed were of black women. So it's just like, oh, you're talking about black women. That's what I that's mean, what it is. I mean, who else wears the brown lip liner? Didn't y'all like create that a second? And then Kim Kardashian tried to call it something else. Exactly. Hold on. Let me let me find her page. Mm-hmm. Cause she she talks a lot of stuff about classy women. Mm-hmm. And, and she's um, white, Asian. No, she's what Asian, is she? Asian. Oh, elegant mm-hmm. ladies. Hold on, let me turn this up. Not there. Makeup mistakes elegant ladies never make. Wearing brown lipstick with gloss on top of it, or lining your lips in the dark lip liner and filling it out with a nude color. I saw ladies using contouring to contour their lips, hoping to achieve an effect of larger lips. It looks ridiculous, especially up close in person. You can see all that makeup around the mouth. I don't understand the obsession of having massive lips. It has to be proportionate with your natural features. Applying concealer under your eyebrow and all over the lid 
again, a completely unnecessary large amount of makeup that makes you look like you're wearing a theatrical mask. It makes you look older and unpolished. In general, the more products you use, the less fresh and attractive you start to look. I already talked about using a lot of full coverage foundations. It never looks good in person. Those makeup tutorials might trick you with special lights and filters, but in real life, you are going to look insecure in your own skin, which is a bad look on anyone. She's weird. At that time, my girl girls don't know what is like. She wasn't even like holding back on the implications. Like she literally just put images of black women. Like, sorry that you don't have big lips, babe. <laughs> that sounds like a you problem. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that sounds like a you issue. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't have big lips. Maybe it's not proportionate to your features because you're not black. You ever think mm -hmm. of that? I'm talking about elegant ladies. Girl, screw you. <laughs> Anyways, she's weird. And the whole soccer era thing is cute. You know, these all these eras started popping up out of nowhere. Like, you know, uh, orange girl era, strawberry girl era. Mm -hmm. And then right, most recently we have girl dinner. Now, girl dinner was fun at first. It was just like, you know, those little meals you make yourself at 11 p.m. when there's when you don't want to eat much and there's barely anything in the fridge. You know, I do that all the time. And then the eating disorder, the eating disorder girlies got a hold of girl dinner. And I was just sad. Cause like, mm -hmm. what are you, what are you eating? You just made me think of something so interesting, friends. So you had mentioned that, you know, these friends, these errors, keyword friends and errors. So the soft black girl era, why should it be a trend or just like a small period of error where you should prioritize, like, you know, taking yourself out and like, you know, maintaining peace within your mental health? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Just seems a little, hmm, I don't really know how to put that into words. And then the whole femininity and masculinity topic is just so irritating. Just like do what you want and mm -hmm. like... Mind your business. You do you. Just because you live a certain way does not mean you have to talk down about the way that somebody else lives. Mm -hmm. Like and You know, it's funny you just to... mention that because there's this one guy on TikTok. I'm, I'm sure you might have seen him. He's like that one, like, black dude with, like, the shaved head and the goatee and that. Um, I actually stitched one of his videos that, like, he says that, like, that you idiots wearing the baggy clothes really think that you're cool. And that he said that you got that, like, the, that nothing beats the sophisticated aesthetic. And now he was just like, why are his clothes so tight? Looks like he sprayed that on. Like, remember um, Flynn Lockwood from Clive of Chance Meatballs? That, like, he sprayed on his shoes. That people were saying that's what his clothes are giving. Please. That's hilarious. <laughs> I just uh it just doesn't make any sense to me because the whole there's this whole movement where like bring back masculine men and it's like mind your business I actually have something to say about that because I remember like you know when Lil Nas X start, started living unapologetically um um in his gayness that i remember that they were saying bring back masculine men like you know to music to the music industry and i'm just like the same people that are saying this are the ones that grew up with prince like come on now didn't that yeah. man wear heels purple and etc 
And then most recently, we also have Lil Uzi. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been wearing different styles and stuff, and he most recently came out as non-binary, I think. So, I mean, they... I know that. Yeah, they most recently came out as non-binary, I think. Um, and everybody's like, was kind of causing controversy about it. And it's like, mind your business. Mm-hmm. Like, he's coming after Dwayne Wade's, um, what's her name again? Zara? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like, why do y'all care so much? Yeah. I think her name is Zaya. Hmm? Her name is Zaya. Zaya Wade. Zaya, Zara, one of the two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, people need to mind their bitches more. Mm-hmm. If not, it's none of your business. Mind your business. Like, the world would be so much more simple and in harmony if a lot of people minded their business. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about you. It's not about what you want. It's not about what you do. It's not about your people, religion. It's I about remember, the person. I remember old heads were up it had their hands up in the air when Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors like took that picture together, like just hugging and like people like had a whole frenzy about that. I don't get it. That was crazy. Mind your business. Mind your business. And everybody's and and then like okay and like what if what if they were gay and it's like. They're instilling into young boys that they can't even hug each other. That's bizarre. It's very weird. Like you're gonna have you're gonna ooh, 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 I just saw this on Twitter I saw this on Twitter the other day. You're gonna have you're gonna raise a whole generation of like people who are avoidant with their emotions, like people who aren't emotionally intelligent, people who aren't physically uh, comfortable with affection. People like men who 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 don't feel comfortable crying, expressing their emotions, stuff like that. And then like we have like the whole era of like ghosting people because people aren't like emotionally intelligent or like aware or stuff like that. People who are avoidant with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this whole thing where the way you were treated during like your childhood, not just childhood, but like the way you were treated from you were an infant can really um, frame the rest of your life. Because you have, like, there are different attachment styles. So, hold on. Let me look this up. Because this, uh, this is a whole topic I can get into all day. Hold on. Let me look it up. Let, wait, let's hear it. Because as, I don't know if I don't know if I told you guys before, but I did go to school for psychology briefly. <laughs> um, And so, I'm kind of obsessed with this. So, basically, there are different attachment styles. So, uh, you have secure attachment style, anxious attachment, attachment style, Avoidant attachment style and fearful attachment style. So basically, secure means confident, reciprocal, non-reactive, and resilient. And anxious is emotional hunger, uh, fantasy bond, lack of nurturing, and turbulence. Hold on, let me look at it. So secure people have a healthy relationship with primary caregiver, shows appropriate appropriate distress when left alone able to seek support in relationships, can regulate emotions and manage conflict in close relationships. Ambivalent, uh, limited parental availability, distress when left, creates, craves close relationship but struggles to trust, needs reassurance from partners, feelings of anxiety and jealousy are common. Avoidant, uh, abuse or neglect from caregiver, 
no preference for parental presence, independent, pattern of withdrawal, tendency to minimize the feeling of others, preference for casual relationships. That's what a lot of y'all have. A lot of y'all have avoided attachment styles because y'all didn't get enough from home. Um, so yeah, and then we have disorganized, which is inconsistent parenting, intimate relationships feel confusing, feelings of unworthiness, tendency towards aggressive or antisocial behaviors. So yeah. Hmm. And it really starts from the time that you're an infant. Like, it, so much of your life is built from your childhood. Hmm. And it, um, so yeah, a lot of y'all. And once again, that leads back into the parents and the household. And of course, we can, we can take a page from Michael Jackson. You know, if you can't feed your baby, then don't have a baby. And don't think maybe if you can't feed your baby, you know? Yeah. But to go back to um, this slightly builds into a new topic. I think it overlaps really well that we were just talking about, you know, women in hip hop. Like, you know, how oftentimes there's definitely a lot more of a larger pressure placed on them compared to their male counterparts. And the next thing that I wanted to get into is Tory Lanez. Lanez, whatever the heck you pronounce his last name, Lanez. he sentenced to 10 years for shooting mm-hmm. our homegirl, Megan Lee Stallion. As he should be. Mm-hmm. Lock him up and throw away the key. I mean, it's so 10 first, years. Oh, so first things first, y'all, I'm going to say it. Where the heck did this w- new wave of Tory stands come from? I cannot name three of that man's songs off the top of my head. The only song that I know of him is a song called Lord Knows. And it's not even his song. It's Meek Mill's song. And Tory Lanez was featured on it. And it came out back in, like, 2015. Like, I haven't heard Tory Lanez on no other song since then. I've what heard him in a friend? few features. I've heard him in a few features. Um, I've heard him in, like, two of his own songs from, like, a while back. Um, but yeah, and they're not Tory Lanez stands. They're mm. Megan haters, or basically yeah. um, women haters, more likely black women in particular. Because if you scroll through, if you scroll through a lot of these people's pages, it's the white girl there somewhere. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they 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 some snow bunny hunters. <laughs> Where's Doctor um, Umar when you need him? Exactly. Got to track him down. <laughs> so it, it's um not surprised by the demographic that are that is defending this man and then there and then there and like some of the women as well it's like oh what is there to defend because he was found guilty i remember i'm about to build off of you in a sec friend but i just also want to say i remember um what was it um Okay, so I remember when Tori was officially arrested, and like you remember, like when his dad like had that public blowout or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I remember there was this one guy that went to my high school. I saw his story on Instagram, and they said that then said free Tori. They're trying to take him out the game. I'm just like that boy was never in the game. Be so for real. That man is a D-list rapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he is famous. Like, he is known. People know his music. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not like, you know, on, on the same level as others, mm. you know? So that's the whole thing. And it's like, uh, what is there to miss? Like he didn't make amazing music. He didn't do amazing things. Like, like just, I literally said on my TikTok friend, like to build off of what you were saying about the whole 10 year thing that the people that are saying that like 10 years is too much number one you're really saying that like he stole a kit kat bar from a 7-eleven he had not only is being charged with attempted murder possession of an illegal firearm that pistol was not licensed and he had also harassed megan the stallion now if you know me personally you know i'm not good at math but i know how to add up basic things so, yeah, those charges definitely added up those years, to say the least. Yeah. Ten years makes sense to me. I mean, as long as he goes in there and he's on his P's and Q's, he'll probably get out on good uh, good behavior sooner. Like, I'm telling you, friend, give it two, three years. The same people that are going so hard for him right now are not going to care then. No, everybody's going to forget about him. <laughs> like, he's not a, he's not a, he's not a, um, he's not a young thug. He's, mm-hmm. he's not gonna. Like we're not gonna be out the outside with the free him posters. Mm-hmm. Like you could stay there. You you could stay there. <laughs> this is so random, friend. But did you see? I don't know if this is like photoshopped, but supposedly that like Tory wears some sort of toupee that he has like these like patches in his hair like I posted it on my story and that like he had a taper but like it was really messed up a toupee is crazy maybe he has alopecia I have absolutely no idea it's possible um I wonder if I'm gonna let him keep it in jail (laughs) you're going to prison bye <laughs> but going back to like you know like all the misogynoir like the hate for black women in hip hop well especially like you know I think it's definitely like super prevalent now like not to say it wasn't prevalent then but like with social media obviously things really turn up 50% it's like Megan the Stallion be minding her business Sexy Red be minding her own business yet yeah, those are the people that that people attack the most it's like now i don't know sexy red and megan the stallion personally but it's like i can't say i've ever heard them in some sort of like squabble beef with another artist just being overall problematic but yet people still stand Nicki minaj or support cardi b yeah <clears throat> uh, Nicki minaj fans are crazy like I'm sorry, but like the history around the men in her family and what she has to do with it is just very suspicious. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. It's very suspicious. But we don't attack her. We attack people who mind their business. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. And there and are so many problematic male rappers. The baby, like he was really wilding in 2021. Yeah, he got canceled, but then everybody. Because of that new TikTok song, it seems like y'all brought him back. He's still gone in my household. Mm-hmm. He's not here. Um, y'all will like do anything. I'm like, oh, I'm not the I'm not the morality police though. You know, mm-hmm. so there's only a certain amount I can judge. 
But I really want to talk about Sexy Red for a second because I have a lot to say about her. Now, people ask me what I think of her music. I can't really say I don't really listen to her music that much. But I think it's so interesting how people always try to come after her character that she's too ratchet, she's too ghetto, she's too manly, this and that. And it's like y'all are always like complaining that some rappers nowadays like aren't authentically hood. But now that you have sexy red, you guys draw the line there. And it's like, but why? Well, it's simple because we usually associate like hardness in the hood with masculinity. Now, of course, when sexy red does that now as a black woman, of course, they're going to try like to tear her down for that. And it's like... Like, how are you going to criticize, like, Sexy Red for being too ratchet or whatever, or too ghetto, but y'all will hype up, like, Drake and Jack Hall that, like, are trying to put on that act so hard. Like, Drake being Canadian and Jack Harlow, like, his parents look like they play golf every Sunday. Please. (laughs) Um... Um do you have anything to build on that friend with sexy red i do um her sound very much so reminds me of sort of like the um the early 2000s late 90s era of like women rappers i can see that like sort of like the drill or kind of drill kind of you know like those rappers that would uh it was this one rapper in particular she died uh she was murdered uh, let me try to figure out her name. I was listening to her the other day. So let me try to find it. While you're searching for that, friend, I was just going to finish up my thought by saying I just really respect Sexy Red as a person that, you know, in a modern world for um women in hip-hop that you know a lot of them are are really forced to assimilate to what would be trendy for women in hip-hop that i would say that she really hasn't yet and i hope she continues to be just herself you know Mm mm-hmm and, you know, I actually learned something interesting. I was just making a, just a fun little joke that, like, I she come up with the name Sexy Red that, like, so, like, did she just wake up one day, look in the mirror, and she was like, I'm sexy, my favorite color is red. And then then I come to find, I was like, actually, well, and then she said, imagine. But then one of my friends told me because that she's a blood, and I'm just like, oh. It was me. <laughs> that, was so much, that makes so much me. more sense. I told you that. Um, the person looking for it was uh, Magnolia Shorty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it reminds me sort of, of of like her sound. Oh, the bounce. It's called bounce. Um, that bounce type of sound, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, stuff like that. So she kind of she's kind of like doing things like that, like the the female bounce era of like the nineties and the two thousands. Uh, but like. And you know that you know that Drake song, um, and I'm and I'm down for you always. You know, I've heard that one. We kissing in the rape, kissing, kissing in the rape, kissing, kissing in the rape. Um, so uh, Magnolia Shorty was on one of Drake's songs. 
I can't remember which one it was. Hold on, let me try to find it. No, it was that song. It was in my feelings. Mm. You know, friend, just for funsies. So I was talking about how sexy red that like you can tell she's really authentic because she just has this really calm aura to her. She doesn't have to try really hard to like prove like where she's from and whatnot. But remember how I mentioned that like you take Jack Harlow and Drake that they try to put on an act. What other artist can you think of that really tries to do that? You know, I'm gonna have to think, friend, because I don't keep up with rappers. I don't keep up. I don't keep up with any artists' like personal lives, honestly. Mm-hmm. Unless it like comes across like my feed, then I'll see it. But I don't like go and look, and I don't watch interviews either. So I have, mm. to, I have to, I have to, think in my noggin. Okay, so maybe we could come back to that. But yeah, one more thing on hip hop, and then we could switch to another topic for the last five minutes, and then close this out. Um, so did you hear that Ice Spice has lost? Po- um, excuse me, not popularity. She lost support recently. Cause of the music video. Yeah, Delhi. That I heard that she had a lot of minors in her video. I thought there was just one minor. There was more? Yeah. Oh one my of God. them was thir- one of them was 13, 14. Ah Why yeah. would you do that? I wonder she's if people definitely just... been acting up a lot more after she's been hanging out with Nikki. I wonder if people just like showed up at the shooting and be like, Can I be in it? And like they didn't like vet anybody. I have no idea. I would be surprised because people do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But other than that, she had also lost a lot of support. Like, okay, so a a lot of dark-skinned girls make up Ice Spice's supporters. And Ice Spice, um, tripped over my words again. So what ended up happening was that I remember Ice Spice was recently in an interview. I don't exactly remember what the question was. But it was in regard to colorism influencing the music industry still today. And Ice Spice, like, she she scoffed and, like, she swept it under the rug. Like, she like she really didn't try to hide that she was annoyed. That, like, just like are we still talking about that? And then, you know, a lot of her supporters that are dark-skinned, that make up, that make up her supporters are dark-skinned girls. They, they stopped supporting her like a bad habit. Because they were saying that, like, well, that's easy for Ice Spice to say. And it's like, it is easy for Ice Spice to say. And it's just sad, honestly. Yeah, apparently she said... um, Ice Spice says she doesn't believe colorism has anything to do with her come up. I feel like that's not something personal to me. Mm. Um, I disagree. But of course, of course, when you think from her perspective, of course she wouldn't like to think that, you know, she only got popular because of the color of her skin. Of course she wouldn't like to think that. So I'm not surprised that she said that. Um, like, I think that she probably wants to believe that she got popular off of her, the merits of her talents and probably, you know, her body and stuff like that, which I mean... 
it, that is somewhat true, but I mean, the colorism definitely had something to do with it. It's hard to argue with because the unfortunate truth of how that functions in the music industry or just, just about any industry, modeling, acting, you name it, that, reg- okay, so I remember there was a video in 2021 where it was Rick Ross and this other dude that, like, that they were having some sort of singing tryouts. I remember there was a dark-skinned girl and there was a light-skinned girl. The dark-skinned girl, she sounded good. And then the light-skinned girl, she didn't sound terrible by any means, but I think she was definitely mediocre vocal-wise compared to the dark-skinned girl. But, of course, the the judges had still went with the light-skinned girl. And I think that goes to show that um, it doesn't matter if Ice Spice was one of the greatest female MCs to ever do it or if she was one of the worst. She would have gotten the benefit of the doubt regardless because of that construct. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the whole I remember I remember that video you're talking about with the light skin girl and the dark skin girl. Like the light skin girl was like not good. She was awful. I don't remember a hundred percent. I remember. And she was awful. And the dark skin girl was like good and talented and she sounded good, but they said towards the light skin girl was like, would never make sense to me. Like the color of your skin shouldn't distract from your talents. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's just very silly to me. The whole thing is silly. It doesn't make any sense. It never has, and it never will. Like, yeah, just because you have to take a bad test. There's, there's so much to take apart from colorism. It's, it's, it's not so simple. That's definitely a topic for another episode. Yeah. And then to close off this episode, we can do a quick little topic about everyone's, well, some people's favorite white lady um britney spears uh apparently her and her husband are gonna divorce because of cheating allegations on her part um he confronted her and it was a whole thing so now they're getting divorced and it's like when does she have time to cheat she don't leave that house i'm like very confused all she could have been a security guard for all we know all she does is make her videos and spin around with her with her uh low waist pants like when did she when did she have when did she leave the house that's my first question second question basically so he um is threatening to expose her with really embarrassing information if she doesn't like give him stuff in the divorce um Mm -hmm. which is like really weird like didn't y'all sign a prenup I'm like 99% sure. Oh, God. <laughs> this is... Hold on, let me, look up, let me look up Britney Spears. Let's see what Twitter is saying. So, his name is Sam. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, Sam is threatening to release extraordinarily embarrassing information about Britney Spears... If their prenup is not renegotiated, he allegedly wants Britney to pay him more than what their prenup provides following their split. No, you signed an agreement. Like what? That's so weird. Oh, apparently she does leave the house. She's on the beach. (laughs) She's going to buy a horse. 
that's what she just posted two hours ago. She said, buying a horse soon. So many options is kind of hard. A horse called Sophie and another called Roar? I can't make up my mind. Should I join the camaraderie and put a pink cowboy hat on? Either way, I think I found my sweet spot with Roar. Period. Not even talking about the split. Oh, apparently they're saying she's planning a, a new album. I don't believe that. Oh, who is she married to again, friend? People, people are saying she's playing a new album. I'm not sure. She's she was married to this guy named Sam Asagari. Um, I'm pretty sure I said that wrong. Apparently, he's an actor. Oh, he accused her of cheating with one of her house staff members. Oh, I called it. Dang. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just like to your point. If she's not getting out, it just had to be. I don't. I mean, I don't know. We don't know if she cheated or not. Cause it's giving he was in it for the money. Cause he's trying to renegotiate the prenup. Mm-hmm. He wants more money than what she's offering. So it's giving. It's giving money hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Anywho, um, I stand with Brittany. Was Britney the one that got out of a... Uh, I'm not exactly sure what to call it, but there was something about Free Britney, something about yes. her father. Yeah, she was no, in a, uh, she was in a conveyor ship, I think it's called. Because, friend, did you hear about what happened with that oh, with football, the football player? player? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing that movie when I was really young. It's like a, a very vague memory, but like... I mean, not super. It's disgusting. Surprised. Yeah. Like they apparently they didn't actually adopt him. They just signed on his rights or something like that. But they signed on. But they were able to like, profit. They off of managed his fame. him, but they didn't adopt him. Yeah, they were able to profit off of his fame, and they basically like took all his money. Mm-hmm. Which is like disgusting. First of all, it's an all white family, mm-hmm. and they profited off of this black boy mm-hmm. for what? Just very weird and disgusting. They treated him like I he was cattle. I say it's not surprising because, like I said, I saw that movie when I was like really young. I don't even remember how old I was, to be honest. But, you know, obviously now when I look at it and I'm 20, it's like white savior story. Yeah. For Too sure. good to be true, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right, we've been in off this episode here because we also have the other 20-minute part. So, yes, add it back together. All right, so, um, yeah, don't forget to follow us on our socials. They're in the description below. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoyed this part of the episode and we'll see you next week for episode 11, I think. It's probably going to be shorter than this one because this one went over pretty long. So yeah, anywho, hope you guys enjoyed. Toodaloo! Toodaloo!